You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast, where you subscribe for weekly videos exploring deeper knowledge of the universe and yourself. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And hit that like button for me. If, if you're new here, go ahead and uh, subscribe to our channel. We'd love to have you as part of the tribe. And uh, let's get into some basic housekeeping first. So for those who have not yet signed up for our initiation package, the link is below. We've put together a free course teaching some basic uh, spiritual practices that uh, anyone can use and implement immediately. And uh, especially maybe after you watch today's episode, uh, you'll feel that calling to do so because it very much has to do with the, the, uh, our topic for today's discussion. And if you have already downloaded that initiation package and you're not aware that we have another package on our website called the Phoenix Package, uh, this one is designed specifically as an expansion pack for the techniques learned in that course, taking it to a more uh, advanced degree. So definitely check that out at thewizardfactory.com. And finally, uh, we're very excited to announce a brand new course that we've put together called the Rune Divination Course. And that's going to be released on December 25th. So today we uh, are announcing officially our, the beginning of a pre-sale period. So if you pre-purchase this course, not only are you going to get a 25% discount from the full price of the product, we're also throwing in that Phoenix package that I just mentioned totally free. So really trying to just pack as much value into this as we can. We, you know, we want to offer that to you guys uh, as, as a, you know, a, appreciation for, for all your support um, and helping our channel grow and helping uh, sustain us as teachers and continuing to put out better and better content as a result. So um, without further ado, let's dive into our topic today, which is about the power of ritual. And uh, we've talked about this a lot over the course of our, our podcast, but we've never given its full attention in, in an episode. So we thought it was about time to do that. Um, so let's start off by looking at what a ritual actually is. And you may find again that um, a lot of the things that we like to discuss on this channel, you may have these preconce preconceived ideas about them that there may be some truth to them, but there's also a lot of sort of assumptions and things that get attached to ideas and concepts that may not necessarily be true. And we always like to offer different pers perspectives on this channel that maybe implore you to rethink things, kind of take a different perspective on them. So uh, in this, with that said, you know, let's look at what ritual actually is. So we defined it as a practice or activity done repeatedly or consistently with a specific intention or outcome in mind. So, um, uh, Brian, would you, before I, before I get to the next point, would you like to, to, uh, riff on any of that so far? Uh, no, I mean, that, that's, that's really great. Um, really when you look at that definition too, you'll notice that it's also, uh, the, really the same as magic. You know, ritual is a, a magical act, a, a practice uh, that the more awareness you bring to it, the more you're going to get out of it. So, you know, this episode is going to be great for kind of reframing some perspectives of what, you know, some of you might have uh, thought ritual was, as well as, you know, uh, get into some other ideas of how you can take even normal activities in your daily life and make them a, a ritual practice for your benefit. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I wanted to kind of dig into the etymology of the word as well, which is, you know, definitely something that I enjoy very much and I think is always a, a good perspective to take to extrapolate new 
depths to meanings of words and what they're really saying, regardless of the sort of consensus uh, ideas about it. So I want to draw a parallel with the, the root phrase or word, uh, the right or, you know, the ritual is a rite. You, you have like rite of passage um, and then you have writings, which, you know, you're, you're writing something down, which is a form of communication. So you're, you're creating something through thought, which is definitely in this vein. And then looking at right action, you know, correct or in alignment with truth, natural law. And I definitely think these things all really parallel and mirror each other uh, very profoundly. So, you know, a rite, uh, as far as, a, you know, a rite of passage, you have that sort of, that sort of connotation to it. And then again, writing being the first, you know, speech in general or writing is the first step of creation by bringing thoughts into the manifested reality field. So ritual can really be the verbal or written or nonverbal practice of this, this idea. And we'll get into that a little bit more when we start looking at specific examples of what ritual might be. So, um, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the thing like with ritual, when you, if you think about it as being that it's a consistent action, it's something that you're doing you know, consistently, or if it's for a singular time, you're doing it with a very, with a lot of intention, if you think about it in that way. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're showing not only yourself, but the universe that you are committed uh, to that and to having that outcome that you're seeking, you know, because when we understand everything is both a projection and a reflection, we can see that what we're doing, our action, that's the projection, that's the action that we're taking out there. And the results of what we're manifesting, that is the reflection that comes back, you know, and being that we, you know, we're in a, a you know, a reality field that's created it's these projections and these reflections all made up of each other. Each of us is both a point of projection and reflection that that then all creates the, the reality field that we're in. So the, the way to really hack that reality field is to really start to master that process. Uh, and it comes down, you know, to, to ritual or thinking of things in a ritualistic manner will very much help you enhance that intention and uh, help your effect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you're really driving home that consistency aspect because that's that's absolutely vital to to understanding uh, not only what what it is in terms of definition, but what gives it its potency in a lot of ways. So, um, and then uh, the next uh, point that I wanted to bring up here is bringing it into the context of the practical and psychological perspective, uh, even borderline, you know, scientific, you know, of course, if it's true, it's going to be metaphysical as well as scientific or material as well. Uh, and that's that these, these repetitious actions is a very, very powerful, if not one of the most powerful ways to reprogram the subconscious mind. Um, it's, it's, it's tapping into that deeper layer. And I would say a lot of it is to do with sort of bypassing the left brain and getting into that, uh, passing that, that barrier or that sort of force field that we put up through our thought, you know, that, that mental chatter, uh, by doing something that kind of puts you in a flow state. If you're, if the viewers are familiar with this concept, we've, we've mentioned it a few times, but, uh, very important to understand the importance of flow state and, uh, bypassing that left brain. And as I was saying, um, these, these activities, they may seem really simple or not that profound, but when you're doing them a repetitively, and B, with a very specific intention in mind, uh, it's, it's a less is more type of situation where you can really impact your, your actual neurochemical wiring uh, by, by practicing these methods. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, even more than 
programming the subconscious mind, also the unconscious mind as well, which is an area many people forget to talk about, but it's actually the, the largest, you know, the, the deepest of those minds. And I, I think one of the reasons why ritual was so useful and we, we saw our, our ancestors practice it so much was because the subconscious and the unconscious mind, they're a much older mind than, than the conscious mind. Like we, we've had that in our, our brain, our development, you know, as a species, those, those have been around much longer than the, the conscious, the, the ego form, right? And so just simple actions or visuals or like, you know, the smells of different things, those can all be very, very powerful, have a very powerful impact on the subconscious and the unconscious mind mm. in that sense. And then, you know, learning how that works and then bringing it into modern day practice. That's, that's really what we're going to be kind of covering here. Yeah, for sure. And, um, as in context to what I mentioned that, that left brain chatter, um, really what it can do is, is quiet that monkey mind as like Alan Watts refers to, uh, and not only for the purpose of rewiring your brain, your, your subconscious, your unconscious mind as well, but in the reverse of allowing subsurface emotions and or trauma to actually come up and be properly dealt with. So what kind of comes to mind here is the, uh, the Yuash rune where the branches go into the, the roots and the roots become branches. It's this sort of like ebb and flow of energy of the, the lower and the upper realms kind of blending into each other. And that's a very important uh, technique to become conscious of and to, to work with because that's how natural law works. It is what it is. Your best bet is to learn it and tap into that rather than fighting it or resisting it, but tap into that and leverage it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. So not only are you trying to put new behaviors and uh, new ways of thinking and, and reprogram emotions that way, but you're also trying to bring up that which is not in alignment, that, is, that which is a blockage or uh, something that's not serving you. Uh, allow it to come up and then and deal with it as, as it needs to be, because if you're not, it's just going to keep staying down there out of sight, but definitely not out of mind uh, and continuing to control you, whether you're aware of it or not. Well, it's, it's really like ritual allows you to, to bridge that gap between, you know, the surface, the, the mm. conscious and, and the unconscious, like that you are. And so if you think about it, like a bridge between the two, you know, the different worlds, that's what it's, it's really allowed you to do is, and being able to have a, a well-established and maintained bridge between those are what allow you to stay in alignment with yourself. You know, if you have, if your bridge is broken and it's rubble, uh, and you have no way of getting back and forth between your conscious mind, your subconscious, your unconscious, they're, they're, the communication's going to break down, you know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, everything's just going to be chaos. So that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. You know, um, I also want to look at, you know, with ritual, one of the biggest things that I got from it was that kind of Saturnian uh, lesson of learning to be disciplined. Uh, to be committed to something, to be a lot more organized, you know, as a Pisces ascendant, that was something that, you know, for a long time I kind of struggled with was like wanting to organize all these thoughts and everything I have and, you know, uh, get them to where they're, they're a lot easier to do. But when you start doing uh, ritual or doing certain practices and you gain that discipline, you start learning the, those lessons of Saturn and to get more into it here, uh, when you look at the Zodiac, each one of the signs is also ruled by a planet and the two signs ruled by uh, Saturn are Capricorn and Aquarius. Well, in Capricorn, it's kind of that stage of uh, just learning to be very grounded, to be organized, to be disciplined, to work hard towards something, uh, even though it may take you a long time to achieve it, just staying committed, keeping your eye focused on the goal. And then when you when you do that and you apply that, you then kind of transition into Aquarius or that Aquarian energy, which is where you start getting a lot of the, the rewards, the gains, you know, as you know, Aquarius rules the 11th house, which is the house of gains. So you start gaining all the benefits from that discipline and that hard work that you've been putting into. And, you know, and because like Saturn, it's a big, heavy, slow moving planet. So 
a lot of those lessons might have been very hard to learn. They might have taken you a long time. But once you do have them, you retain them. Uh, and being that we're it moved, you know we're in the Aquarian age here, that's the energy that's around for you know for all of us to work with. So the more you can tap into that, the the more useful, the more successful you're going to be in your practice. Hmm. So ritual is one of the best tools that we have to to do this. And again, we're going to get into what some a lot of you know ritual that most people won't even have ever thought about it as ritual. Uh, and, and show you how you can start incorporating this into your life and tapping into that Aquarian energy. Right, right. And uh, I, again, I love that you mentioned that Saturnian energy because it, it's just funny, like how many people think of Saturn as this, you know, dominator, this ruler, this controller, and, you know, like the evil cabals using all this Saturn mind control, which there's an element of truth to that, but these are just universal archetypes. Everything is here for us to develop us. And without that crushing, you know, um, challenging energy, we would just become soft and lazy, essentially. So th that struggle really is such a beautiful gift, and it's important to embrace it as such. And, um, and in that vein and in the context to the ritual stuff that we're talking about here, ritual can really be such a powerful path to self-mastery because you're dealing with that, that self-discipline, that consistency in action, as well as the self-awareness, allowing yourself to bring those difficult, confusing, and downright terrifying emotions to the surface and, and not attach to them, not let them drive you mad, but but transmute them into something useful. I mean, that takes an incredible amount of resolve and bravery and discipline. Uh, and, you know, if you're not doing that, again, that stuff is just lying dormant and ruling you from the shadows, whether you're aware of it or not. So really looking at that from that spiritual warrior mindset that we, you know, really try to promote and advocate on this platform uh, ritual is such an essential aspect to that in that daily practice, just as a warrior needs to sharpen his blade every day and practice his, his katas and all that kind of stuff to, to stay sharp as a warrior. This is something that you need regardless of what form it takes to stay sharp as a spiritual warrior. Mm -hmm. One and another thing about the Saturnian energy is Saturn's also the planet of uh, cosmic law. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that, that struggle, that apophatic experience a lot of times, that's a lot of times the best way you actually learn natural law because you're learning cause and effect. You know, if, you, if right. I do this action, this will happen. You know, mm -hmm. if I do this consistently, whether it's something that's good or bad, you're going to see the results of that compounded. And, you know, some, some people are quicker learners than others, so they have to repeat, you know, things, sure. uh, or, you know, less or more. But, you know, it, it's and all like up to us. Right, right. And, and in, in context to also to uh, a previous episode that we did called uh, The Magic Peel and how we kind of sh shined light on that entitlement, uh, instant gratification mindset that's all too rampant these days of people that don't want to, they, they want to see instant results or they just don't stick with anything. And anyone who's been there, done that, they know better that all great, you know, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. All great things are a result of sustained willpower and, 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 and conscious intentional action over a very long period of time. Uh, and, and that's what you're seeing here is you're not going to sit down for 10 minutes and meditate and be like, oh, yeah, this is so, you know, like life changing. It takes years even of, of sustained consistent action to get those better results. But when you know that, you know, the power of these practices, you know, that there's, there's no way around that. There's no shortcuts. There's no, uh, Oh, I'll just, you know, take a, I don't know, like smoke a bowl or something and get the same effect as meditation of, of like that daily practice. There's just, there's no shortcuts essentially. And also, Knowing that the more practices you utilize, the more tools are in your toolkit, which is, you know, uh, diversity. Uh, you, as a warrior, do you want just one big hammer or do you want, you know, uh, uh, a sword and 
a knife and maybe a bow and arrow so that you have different tools for the right scenarios and situations. And that's going to make you a more well-rounded and effective warrior on the metaphysical battlefield, so to speak. One, you know, we talk about diversity a lot on this channel and why it, it, it's actually that that is the natural or, you know, way of things. Uh, if you have an ecosystem that, you know, that's, that's monoculture, it only has that one thing. It's limited, you know, that, that diversity, whether it's in an ecosystem, uh, we just did an episode called holistic paganism, which was all about having the diversity of working with different archetypes uh, you know, the, the more diversity that you have in your life, the better off that you're going to be. Um, and the same goes with these tools with different rituals. So it's not, you know, you, there's a lot of different rituals you can be doing and, and really reframing your mindset to just think of everything like a ritual. And what I mean by that is that you are bringing more awareness, more focused intention into that action. And awareness brings choice. So whenever you're bringing more awareness and bringing a more focused attention in there, your choices will multiply. And that that's because what you're doing, that ritual, that magical act is working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're sharpening the power of your own intention this way and developing your own ability to manifest. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, you know, like you're not going to go get jacked, you know, like we said, like do, going to the gym once uh, it's that sustained action. And, how are you going to get good at um, get, being more focused, being more eye on the prize, uh, keeping that the desired outcome in mind? You know, uh, I think eye, eye on the prize really is a, a great phrase for that because it's it, that's what that really embodies is like you've got all these distractions and things trying to stop you, uh, it, but you're you're focused on what it is you set out to actually do, regardless it, whatever obstacles come at you it's not a problem you're you're going to take action you're going to handle that shit so that you get where you're trying to go regardless of, of whatever right and you know another interesting thing here too is when you you understand that your time and your attention are your real spiritual currencies mm -hmm. and then understand you know another thing that your number one investment you could make is in yourself so when, you, when you're setting aside time for rituals for yourself, what you're doing is you're showing yourself in the universe that you, you're willing to spend that time and you're willing to spend that currency, lit that literal investment into yourself, into bettering yourself, into uh, integrating things that are going to help you grow more and burning away and purging things that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, investing in yourself and thinking of, again, mindset shift here, thinking of every action as a potential ritual, uh, if it's made a habit, if it's done consistently. Um, but some rituals don't actually need to be done every day or even more than once uh, because it's about it comes down to the potential of uh, like the intention that's behind it and the actual potency of the action being taken. So there's some variables there that you can take into consideration of some things. There's no getting around it. You have to do them every day or, or often uh, to have the max result, but some things you could consider ritual that are so powerful, you may only need to do them one time and have years of lasting effects from that. Yeah, I can think of a, a actually the, the Phoenix package that we mentioned earlier has a specific spell in there that I did uh, well over a year ago uh, on Samhain and it's been extremely impactful in my life. In fact, you know, uh, this podcast is kind of part, part of you know, uh, some of the results and the, the, uh, the reflection from, from that. So that's definitely a, there's those examples of there's certain acts that when you put a lot of intention and focus and charge into them, you can, you know, have a, a certain spell or something that you just perform once, but then there's also like your daily rituals and things that you can get into. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting to look at both sides of those and understanding the, the usefulness of both for sure. So, right. and the more, you know, and, and we can't really stress this enough, the more clarity 
and the more the more you focus your will with things and and bringing awareness into any action that you're doing in your life the more the more effect it's going to have because what you're doing is you're tapping into the imagination the, the imagination you're taking that idea of what you want to achieve what you want to see that result that you want and you're really getting as clear as you possibly can on it the clearer you can get on it the the quicker it's going to manifest you know mm. and and then take that consistent action put that charge into it and and you'll start to see that you can re- there's really nothing you can't create or can't accomplish once you really set your mind to it right yeah it's definitely about that clarity of vision mm-hmm. um everyone deep down wants clarity they want certainty they want confidence and um again it's not there's no shortcuts to that you can't just pretend to be confident if you're not it you may fool someone else but there's no fooling yourself and this above all things is a personal practice it's a personal journey it doesn't matter who you fool you can't fool yourself um or you know well i guess you can fool yourself but it's definitely not going to do you any good (laughs) so um yeah, so again, shifting that mindset of what is a ritual, what does a ritual look like? You know, we certainly have these kind of stereotypical ideas of what certain practices could be that would fall in this category, and those are certainly great examples of it, but um, there's there's plenty of examples that you certainly don't think of as rituals, but they definitely are, so r- regardless... Um, Everyone is participating in ritual, whether they know it or not. And yes, even Christians, which I'm sure that'll make some people's heads explode, um, thinking that they're doing pagan dark-sided stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, now at this point, we'd like to get into some uh, some specific examples of, of ritual. And we're going to start with the more traditional expected sort of uh, examples first and then getting, getting into the other stuff that you may not think of first. So Brian, would you like to start off? Sure. Yeah. You know, so a big one is meditation and even within meditation itself, it's kind of, there's a, a lot of people saying with ritual, a lot of people have this kind of preconceived idea of what meditation is and it, it could just be, you know, kind of sitting there and trying to clear your mind, but it could also be going for a walk or doing something like that. So any meditative practice is also a form of ritual, you know, and, and vice versa. Ritual is also a form of meditation. So, you know, you can get into those and, you know, uh, and, you know, other examples of ritual could include like divination. Well, so I wanted to maybe oh, sure, ritual sure, go ahead. one a little bit. Yeah. I mean, meditation for, especially we put that one first because that is sort of an overarching one that there's a meditative aspect to probably every every one of these we're going to uh, talk about. And it kind of ties back to what I mentioned earlier about quieting the monkey mind, you know, putting yourself in that flow state where you sort of shut down that, oh, I got to go here, I got to do this, and, uh, you know, like that, that mental chatter, and just getting into a more state of being as opposed to doing, even though you're getting there through the doing. That's the kind of the, the, the mind fuck of it is – you're doing a practice to get you into more of a state of being and you're doing more for the being rather than the doing itself or the doing is more just the means to the end. If you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, another one, you know, is just divination, the art of divination. And there's a lot of forms, you know, there's the tarot, there's runes, you know, that you can use for divination. There's, you know, numerology, there's uh, astrology, there's all sorts of different practices but that art of, you know, practicing divination or using some, some art of gnosis, some other tool to reflect back what is in your uh, subconscious or unconscious mind, or also for the purpose of gauging the collective psychic weather or psychic energy that's going on at the same mm-hmm. time. You can, you can use it either way, but that is a very ritualistic practice. So even if it's you know, uh, taking every day to, you know, pull a card or pull some runes and just kind of feel into that. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's a very useful thing to do and add to your daily practice. Right. And, uh, in, in that vein as well, rune galder, uh, is, is very, very powerful. And for those who are unfamiliar with what that means, uh, again, 
I, I highly recommend downloading that initiation package. There really is a, a really great uh, bunch of information to really get you uh, started doing some of these basic type of practices. And what, what Galder is, is essentially it's a way to chant or invoke the power of the runes, whether that's externally or, you know, verbally or just even uh, silently or internally. Uh, and, and I guess that would kind of tie in as well with generally chanting, uh, affirmations, that sort of thing. It's that verbal aspect that can, but doesn't necessarily have to be implemented with the, with the idea of ritual is again, what is, uh, language is it's an expression of thought. So you're using it with the intention of your intention essentially. So you're invoking the runes. You're, you're affirming a, a belief about yourself or a particular outcome that you want, or even chanting. It doesn't have to be uh, English. It doesn't have to, it can just be using the sheer power of vibration uh, to induce a more meditative, contemplative state of, of uh, an altered state of consciousness, essentially. Yeah, because God that does that. That's what it does mean is to chant. So it can be, you know, using the runes or, or any other, um, what you consider like a magical practice if, if you're thinking of using your speech to deter, you know, uh, determine or, in, or start to influence an outcome. Uh, mm -hmm. So, that, yeah, it's a definitely a very useful practice. Also, you know, using uh, tools such as mala beads, like whenever you're chanting mantra. You know, if for those of you who don't know, mala beads, they're, they're a lot like prayer beads in, in uh, Catholicism. But, you know, for example, in the Vedic tradition, there'll be 108 beads on there, each one of them representing a uh, different nakshatra. So as you're going through and you're saying your mantra, you're saying it like when I prescribe my ritual for uh, people who get astrological consultations, I'll give them a mantra. And then they're supposed to say it 108 times each day. Well, the way you keep track of that is by rotating one of those mala beads through your hand as you're saying it. So. Again, it's it's something that that's an action the subconscious mind can take over, and instead of you trying to keep track of oh I've said this how many times because that's what you want to do you want to shut off that that left brain and tap into that subconscious so it's a really useful tool for mm. being able to help stimulate that. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, even visualization is almost a another nonverbal form because you're just without words you're focusing sheerly on almost the imagery version of what mm -hmm. it is that you're wanting to create. And I mean, it's amazing how this technique has become more popular, even to the sort of more exoteric world. I've read a lot of self-help books that talk about this, they even just marketed to, you know, uh, businessmen and, and CEOs and stuff like that, telling them visualize things, whether it's you're, you're giving a presentation that day and, they tell you to visualize literally the more detail, the more powerful. So don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to give this presentation and it's going to go great. Literally see people smiling and, and, and reacting to what you're saying and imagine like the, the good feeling that you'll feel inside of, of like delivering a really powerful presentation and having it well received and all that kind of stuff like smells, sights, sound, like get get as visceral with that visualization as you possibly can, whether it, it's something that's going to happen, has already happened, or you desire to, to create that outcome. Very, mm -hmm. very powerful practice. Absolutely. You know, smudging, you know, different types of smudging, that's another form of uh, a ritual practice. So, you know, some people might like to smudge daily, others, you know, uh, will do, you know, certain times or with certain rituals, but bringing the practice of using uh, sage or you know, cedar branches. There's a lot of different combinations of different mm. kinds of smudges you can do. But that idea of, you know, burning herbs of some sort to energetically clear and cleanse the space in your home, it's a very useful thing, especially when you're first moving into a, a place or you're getting ready to mm. leave or something. It's an absolutely great, great thing to do to make sure that, you know, smudge your house and then, you know, open the windows and let all that blow out. Right. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, like there, there's almost no bad time to do that because it's, it's just something you can do. It's again, it's that, that changing your, 
state through taking action. You know, it's, it's energy in motion is your E motion. So like if I'm about to do some, some work, if I'm about to, you know, work on a uh, writing emails or creating content or something like that, um, just smudging the room before you get started, uh, whether you believe in it, even the, like the scientific aspect that, or, or not, you could just take it from the placebo effect alone of like, I'm putting myself in a creative state. So I want to take this action that is said to, you know, clear the energy, you know, charge it positively so that you're, you're creating a, uh, a good, clear workspace to, to do so. So you're just, you're taking that action uh, and clearing the space and then you sit down and you're ready to get to work. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, breath work is another really, you know, and, and I guess, mm. you know, you could also kind of tie yoga into this as well because they're kind of, they, they very much go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, but just taking time to learn to breathe properly or do different, you know, breath work and practices, you know, again, uh, in um, that uh, free initiation package with the room golder that, and that chanting, that's actually a type of breath work because there, there's three different ways you could actually use that and each one of them have their own benefit and we, we explain all that in there so make sure you get that but again just really taking that time to recognize and understand that that in and out that breath that there's there's so much to learn just by diving into that and you know physiologically we can see that whenever you breathe our lungs actually produce help produce chemicals and things in our body that will help us uh, reduce stress and feel better and make our, you know, uh, our immune system run better, mm -hmm. our brain function better. You know, there's, there's tons and tons of benefits of just tapping into the breath. So bringing uh, awareness and a focus to it, you know, uh, really uh, harnessing your will as much as you can. So, Oh, I'm going to do this breath work, but I'm doing it for the specific purpose. Uh, uh, there's a, there might be something in your body, like a pain in your body that you want to dive into. And that might be rooted in some other like emotional issue or trauma that you're holding on. So yeah, doing a breath work session, but again, get clear on your vision. Why are you going into that? Is there a specific target or something you're wanting to look at? And, and the clearer you get on that again with that ritual, the more that you're going to get out of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, even that is such an interesting, um, depiction of what we were talking about of what what makes things powerful is your intention because you, you know you, you may hear that and think well like what's the big deal like I literally breathe all day if I didn't breathe I would die like I don't get it what is breath work the only difference okay. between just breathing through your day and doing breath work is your attention you're focusing solely on that you're closing everything out and and really just like sitting with that simple simple action it's it's you know there's this concept of just like what some makes something meditative to me is it's giving your brain just enough of something to do to keep it occupied without using too much ram in other words like operating heavy machinery or doing calculus or something then you're really like using up your brain power but doing something so simple that it's giving your brain something to do but it leaves all this other empty space for that beingness of yourself to fill that space with. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like yoga definitely is one of my favorite ones because to me, I, I feel like it really engages all it, it like checks all the marks because it's incorporating meditation, breath work, and it's, it's engaging the body as well, which is extremely important. The, you know, the mind is the brain and the brain is the body. Like you can't totally separate all of those things. If you're ignoring the body, um, it's absolutely very important to keep your body in a very positive and, uh, uh, healthful state of being as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, another, you know, uh, we could also look at ritual in some other ways that things that may things that we all do every day that people may not even think of as a ritual. And the big one here are your meals, your diet, what you're taking into your body. Uh, just as much as it's important to keep your mind healthy, you know, again, it's like the same. You have to keep your body healthy here. And the food, the energy, the fuel that you're putting into that absolutely matters. So mm -hmm. are you bringing awareness? Are you consciously eating? Are you looking at the nutritional value of knowing that 
my body needs this, so that's what I'm going to provide? Or are you just kind of eating this stuff shit in your face? You know, like, you know, it's just, you know, uh, like, uh, that's a lot of people, like, they will just, you know, like, all sorts of just really unhealthy foods just because it tastes good or because they're bored. And, they're, you know, I mean, how many, uh, that's something in the West that's probably really big, people that will just start eating and consuming mm-hmm. just because they're bored. Or you even just what? a matter of convenience, too. You know, right. you got it you got 30 minutes on your lunch break, you know, you're, you don't have time to sit there and cook a meal or go home or, you know, any of that stuff. You're probably going to just run next door to Burger King and just get some shit right. to fill your stomach with. Yeah. Right. And it, even for me, uh, my meals in addition to the meal itself is a bit of a ritual. Like, uh, personally, I really enjoy getting to sit down when I eat and, and watch something like a documentary or an inter- entertaining show or something like that. Um, you know, I I can do without it, but that's what I really, really like to do. So I always like what, as I'm preparing my meal, I'm also thinking like, what do I want to watch? You know, uh, that sort of thing. Cause that, that's kind of my own personal mealtime ritual, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, what that is, is you're, you're just, you're bringing awareness to, you know, like, and that's, that's what, where it's all coming with. And, And with this, you know, as you're, you're seeing with like the example diet here, a ritual could be something that you're you're either consciously doing, but also you're unaware you're doing, and it could be something that is, is good for you. It's going to produce a positive result, but there's also rituals we do that aren't really that great for our health that mm-hmm. people may not even be realizing that they're doing it. And what they're doing is they're programming these bad habits into their mind, uh, mm-hmm. you know, deeper and deeper level. So it's you know important to recognize that this is going on. So the key here is awareness. Wow, that's a really profound point. Yeah, because I mean, the ritual is kind of a neutral thing. What it does is programs you. uh, So if you're practicing bad habits consistently, then you're programming yourself. Oh, I feel stressed. Click. I need a cigarette. That's a ritual too. There you go. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, because then you're training yourself to not deal with difficult situations and learn how to navigate stress on your own, then you're like, Oh, I, I, I have learned helplessness. And then you, you're grasping for a coping mechanism such as cigarettes right. or whatever it is. So exactly. that's really profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking at the sort of the, the dark side or the flip side of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we like to have a holistic perspective here. So want to want to look at it all, you know, uh, you know, other little rituals could be things like, you know, having your morning coffee or your morning cigarette or something like that. You know, like Logan, Logan mentioned there. I've even, I know when I was a smoker, I, I used to even say that to myself, you know, in, in an unconscious way about, I have to have my morning ritual, my morning coffee or my morning cigarette. You'll, you'll hear people even say that, that phrase, which is really funny that <laughs> we'll say it without realizing what we're actually doing, but our subconscious, our unconscious mind knows that. And that's why it's coming out. It's, it's like we're dropping a hint to ourselves, but the conscious mind is so, you know, trying to escape reality. It's not picking up the hint, paying attention to it. So, like you know, Freudian slip kind of, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see, there's some other uh, activities that people do all the time that they may not realize as a ritual sports. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got your Sunday, you know, football with your, your beer and your friends and your chicken wings or whatever, or even if you're like getting up to go to a, an actual sporting event and you paint your body in the colors and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about repurposed paganism for just <laughs> misguided people. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even, even at those events, there's a lot of uh, very out open rituals that take place. People mm-hmm. don't realize whether it's like the, uh, the national the anthem or yep. yeah, you know, the coin times or, you know, like, uh, you know, all the, the flag worshiping and, you know, or bringing out the military or, or things like that. So again, mm-hmm. an example of this being neutral, and it's not that sports themselves are inherently bad. In fact, like you could have a weekly ritual of going down, you know, uh, and playing basketball or something like that with your buddies every week. That's a, that's a great thing to do, or even just go enjoy other sports. Those are great, but recognize what you're doing is a form of ritual bring awareness to it. That, that's what we're really stressing here is the key mm-hmm. is to bring awareness to what you're doing. And the more you do that, the more powerful of an impact you're going to have on the reality field around you. Right. Cause you're either going to realize, Hey, I do this a lot and it may not actually be helping me or it may, you know, be, may be harming me or, or keeping myself trapped in negative thought patterns or 
this is really powerful. And especially now that I'm putting my attention on it, then you're really digging in and giving that extra boost to that, that intention, that power of intention to what right. habit you already had. Well, and like with sports, you know, like a, a great example of another way you could use this is say you may not even be a big sports fan, but you know, other people are, if you understand this is a, a ritual, there's a lot of psychic energy. You could just go there and use that as a place to go charge your sigils to go mm. charge things like that, that, there, there's a mass amount of energy available at things like that, that mm. when you're bringing awareness to it and intention to it, that they're very useful. And, right. and you know, that's, that's what it's all about here is being able yeah. to understand and see energy and shift it, shift it where you want it to go. Yeah. That actually brought up something for me too, as, as someone who's a, a musician and a performer, um, there's lots of performers in general that have a pre-game or pre-performance ritual. Mm -hmm. And again, they call it that with maybe, maybe not even realizing it, but what, what's the purpose of that? Why do they do that is to put themselves in state. Mm -hmm. I mean, the proof is in the pudding right there. Like that's, that's what it's for. And everyone's different. That's, that's another aspect of this is it's your journey. It's your preferences. It's your practices. What, you connect with what activities, what mindsets, whatever that you connect with is what you should be going with because that's what works for you. There is no one size fits all necessarily. I mean, things like breath work, it's pretty universal, but beyond that, it can get really specific to you and what you like and what you connect with. You know, some people are more vocal. Some people like that kind of sitting in the dark and the solitude and the silence and all that kind of stuff. And it's all about first taking action, trying things, and then finding out which ones work better for you. And then that process is always refining. You know, Brian and me, we both have our own things that we like to do. Some things are similar. Some things are very different. And no matter what, it's always evolving and shifting and, and improving. Uh, and you know, as we get older, as we learn new techniques, as we start finding stuff and getting rid of other things that aren't, aren't as good or whatever. So yeah, it's very... Very interesting. Yeah. It's that, uh, that PDCA, that plan, do, check, adjust. And as you're going through life, you're always doing that. You know, you make a plan, do it, you check the results, and then you adjust. You continually refine. Um, right. You know, another simple little ritual a lot of people may not think of is something like going for a run or going for a walk. You mm -hmm. know, uh, I really like to go or for a walk a lot. Yeah, or go walk the dog. Yeah, any of that stuff. You know, like I'll like to, you know, uh, throw Blaine in the stroller and we'll go, you know, cruise around the neighborhood or go down to the park and play. And I, that, that's a little ritual. So even if you're just getting up every day and taking 15 minutes to go for a walk, you know, th that's a really useful thing. Or, you know, even physiologically, like looking at oh, going for a walk or a run, especially a long, strenuous one, uh, really useful, uh, especially for people with like depression. Because what happens when you actually do that, your body actually releases uh, the, the chemicals, you know, to make your body start to feel good. Your cortisol levels and stuff will start to decrease after going after on a very long, strenuous walk. So, mm -hmm. you know, for, for anyone out there, if you might be struggling with depression or something, one of the, one of the easiest things you could do if you, if you feel like you just don't know how to get out of it or you, you can't just, just not how you feel, just get up and get off the, you know, get off the couch or wherever you are and go out and just go for a long walk. And by the end of that walk, you're going to feel better. And then make that a daily ritual. Make it a daily practice and start incorporating that into your life. Because, again, it's about bringing in and incorporating habits and things that are going to be useful for us to, to develop and grow further, but also burning and purging away those things that aren't useful for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um when I, when I said walking the dogs earlier, then it, I had kind of another uh, epiphany there about, think about this. There's things in your life that you have to do anyways, regularly, repetitively. You can make those more of a ritual by putting your intention into it. So if you have to walk the dogs, you know they're going to have to shit. You know they're going to go crazy if they're not getting their exercise or whatever. Turn it into a ritual. Think, oh, I love walking my dogs in the morning because that's a time that I get to listen to Tony Robbins, or that's a time that I get to practice my breath work. You know, whether you don't have anything in your ears and you're just choosing that as a time you can meditate while you're doing a lot of things 
you know, uh, within reason, you know, don't operate a car or anything like that, but, you know, make a ritual out of it, you know, think about exercising, you know, some people Mm -hmm. like to, I like to listen to heavy metal or like really fast paced, uh, you know, electronic music because that's what puts me in state, you know, I like to stretch first and while I'm thinking about the result, you know, because sometimes it's hard to uh, motivate yourself with something you don't want to do, you know, uh, working out, it's hard, it hurts, it's work, right? It's not always just, just super exciting to think about, but what do I think about when I'm, when I'm overwhelmed with those feelings? I shift my focus from the action to the outcome. What do I want more, to avoid the temporary pain or do, to work towards that that vision that I have for myself of greatness, of strength and agility, I focus on that rather like how nice it'll be to have that, not how bad I don't want to do this, that sort well, of thing. That's interesting too with exercise that brought up for me is like even physiologically, it's a process of destruction. You're tearing your muscles and everything mm-hmm. in order to build them back up. So again, it's that, that purging and growing process that's going on all the right. time. Um, yeah. physiologically in exercise. So as above, so below. Right. And your body is smarter than you are. It will crave <laughs> that consistency. I know when I'm really crushing it and working out and working out and then I miss a day, I literally feel my muscles are craving that, like that adversity, that struggle, that, right. that make it hurt feeling like I'm craving that. So it's Same your body knows like, Hey, you're not giving me that stimuli that, that we're used to, like, you know, it, it will remind you in that way. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I would say that even uh, even in the mind that happens, you know, like if I get, you know, uh, you know me, oh, I sure. really like to dive into research that if I'm doing it, but then if I don't get to work for like a few days or something like that, you know, I definitely will get a lot, I'll be a lot more stressed or, you know, what whatever it is, I'll be, a, you know, a lot more quick tempered or, or things like that and get irritable right. easier. Hmm. Uh, by because my mind hasn't felt like it's been challenged or been used enough or something like that. Right. So yeah, it's very so, very interesting. Yeah, I was gonna take that one because uh, that's that's actually one of my f- favorite things. And I know that sounds weird, like it's a chore. Nobody likes cleaning. What are you talking about? For me, there's something about the act of cleaning that is very therapeutic for me. Um, I think it's. Partly because what I said is it's very simple. Like you don't really have to think about it too hard. You're just scrubbing or sweeping or whatever it is. It gives you that space, um, but it just really puts me in state in that way. But also something about that alchemical process of making the old new again, where everything kind of sparkles and shines and you're bringing order to the chaos. Like you're putting your clothes away and you're organizing everything. And then when you're done, it brings this really cathartic feeling of, of like accomplishment, but also now I'm my, my living space is now, it's almost like smudging in a way you're smudging, but it's, it's a different version. Like smudging is cleaning the the air and the energy. And then cleaning is just sort of the, the physical and it's more easy to see, of course, not, not so like sensory, but um, yeah, so I mean, like you can be intentional with that. So if I have something uh, to, to create later, or even if I'm struggling uh, to find some motivation to do some kind of task that I don't want to do, oftentimes a simple cleaning act, whether it's just clean the dishes or wipe the counters down, or put, put up my dirty laundry or something, will put me in a state. And then once I'm going, it's like addictive. It's like, oh, what else can I do? what else is on the list? And you, you just, you, you very motivated and just action driven and, and it kind of right. like you build the momentum there. Yeah. What, what that brought up for me is like, you were talking about that kind of that feeling of seeing everything refreshed after you clean that, that brought it, it reminded me of the feeling I used to get as a, a flooring installer. So I could go in there and there might be like some really old shitty carpet or some, you know, damaged towel or whatever. And you go through the process of a demo, you know, you're ripping all that up and then, by the time you get done, you've installed this like brand new floor that just looks really fucking good. You know that, and you see that. And especially, you know, like, uh, you know, I like to get into hardwood and tile, but a lot of times if you, uh, you can spend a lot of time, you can put like designs in the floor or, you know, you can trim out the border. Like, I mean, just really make the room, you know, pop and look good. That was something I enjoyed a lot. It's a very artistic act, 
but even that in itself, you know, like um, if you're installing flooring, you're doing something like hardwood, you can really kind of get in a rhythm where you, you allow that subconscious mind to take over because you're just doing your work. You, you've done it a thousand times before you know what you're doing. And you just kind of, so for example, like hardwood, there's, you know, you put each little slat in, you know, and then you're going to be, you know, slapping down with the nail gun. So one guy will just be throwing in slats of boards and the other guy goes behind with the gun. But those are all actions that they're, they're not, they don't take a lot of brain power. You can kind of just do it mm. and then allow that subconscious mind to take over. So it, you could use that as a ritual, but then when you're done with that, you're done with the whole ritual. What do you have? You're left over with like a new project that just, you know, looks really good and has changed the whole look of the home or something like that. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, everything can be a ritual when you start bringing awareness into it and intention into it. And, and in that case, the creativity, even though it yeah. doesn't sound like, you know, well, yeah, they're already pre-made and you're not like being creative necessarily, but you're taking action that is creating something that that's changing something yeah well yeah and even then you'll still have to they'll be like they'll be different size pieces so you still have to figure out uh you know what looks good and what makes that joint you know they need to be spaced a certain amount of uh width apart you have to do like the hand test and things like that so mm-hmm. you know there, there's definitely still like art that you can get into that especially with things like tile you know or you're doing like backsplashes mm-hmm. or things in oh, a yeah. shower you know, and you're putting in different, like, uh, river rock design. You know, I, I can talk about for hours. I, I really enjoy actually doing stuff like that because it's a very artistic, it's a very fun, creative process that that is very ritualistic. And, and again, you kind of get that fresh feeling like you're talking about, seeing something mm-hmm. that was just kind of old and bland, and all of a sudden it has a new light to it. It's fresh, and, and that's what ritual does for us. It allows you to, to get out that old, that bland, that, that grimy uncleanliness and feel fresh, feel clean. And again, there's all these different ways, all these different actions you can be taking that when you bring that awareness and that intention into it, they, they help that process. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a whole list here of just other things that they're just these seemingly meaningly meaning, uh, menial tasks, such as like just waking up and checking your email or your Facebook. Um, you're, you're reading a book in the morning or right before you go to bed. Um, Brian, you talked about like spending time with your kids or your family, like mm-hmm. have that, you know, you wake up and you feed your, your son and you mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing. Hygiene or grooming for me, like I like trimming my beard and, you know, like getting all nice and f- feeling fresh, right? You feel good after that. You take a shower. You, you burgo, smell good. you. Like and clean it. Absolutely. Um, ironically, even this podcast is a weekly ritual for us. We do a brainstorm mm-hmm. session. We come up with our talking points, and then we record it, and then edit it. And I come up with the artwork and you know, we, we co-create a title and all that kind of stuff. And guess what? It's very fun for us to do this, mm-hmm. you know, very rewarding and satisfying. And, and it's also a process, you know, if you've been following us for a while, you may have noticed we're getting better at what we do. Um, and that's, that's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sitting down and, and looking at your budget that can be, you know, even said that just sounds icky, right? Like budget numbers crunching or whatever, but just think about the rewards of, of, being smart with your money, uh, spending it, investing in yourself, cutting out uh, wasteful expenditures, things like that. And it's just something that you need to touch on, not every day, but, you know, once a week, once a month, something like that, just to kind of check in and make sure everything's good, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, you know, again, you can use your art, you know, creating art, like painting, you know, creating music. That's a very, you know, very powerful ritual you know and uh, concerts were another you know kind of big event like sports events those are something that you can also look at as uh being a ritualistic event and that you can you can go enjoy those yourself or use those events to Mm. you know for your own uh magical acts and things like that so you know again any anything it is you can think about it as a ritual so really you know if there's a takeaway that you take from this whole episode it's that reframing that mindset to look, look at things from that perspective and then understand that there's a lot of powerful potential there for you to maximize that more by bringing your awareness and attention into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the music thing real quick too, cause again, I'm, I'm a musician and that's something mm-hmm. I very, uh, very much connect with and am familiar with is 
Um, you know, of course, anything very creative uh, as a, an action that creates something, but also the action that gets you better at creating something. So I don't just pick up the guitar at 13 years old and start, you know, wailing, you know, Eddie Van Halen stuff. How do you get good? You practice through repetition. So even that practice is a ritual. Uh, you play the same scale 50 times and then you walk around, you go take a leak and you come back and you play it 50 more times. And to a lot of people that just doesn't sound like fun, but it's not, it's not fun in the way that you might think of super like exciting or stimulating, but it's very therapeutic. It really puts you in that state where you're just, you do it, you do it again, you do it again. You, you almost get addicted to that again, 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 like more, like you, you're just really getting into that process, whether, you know, it's music or, or painting something like doing the same stroke again and again to make your, your trees or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, just, you know, just, just trying to shed light on that, shifting the mindset of what you might think of with ritual and what it actually means at its very, very deepest level. So, right. Yeah. Well, and what uh, that brought up for me, too, is like when you're talking about doing again, not only is that practice useful, but like you mentioned earlier, it's keeping in mind the goal of where you're going to get to. So even though your fingertips might be sore and bleeding, you know, eventually you're going to be a really great musician. And that well, at some point you're going to be able to just like riff and, and it's going to be a very amazing thing and you'll get better and better at that. But all yeah. that struggle, that pain that you're going through, even though it might be unpleasant at first, it's that goal that you're keeping your eye on of, of where you're going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, even in that context of the, the repetition of the same, if you're trying to nail some like Metallica lick or something like that, it, you do it a hundred times and you fail a hundred times. You're just like, Oh, but you're so close that first time you play it and you nail it. And it sounds so good. Words cannot describe the high that you get from that satisfaction of just like, oh, yes. And then guess what? You're probably going to do it a few more times. And you're like, yeah, right. did it again. Like it's, it, you know, so yeah. exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, like you, like you were saying, it's to conclude here. Ritual can be whatever you want it to be. That's the beauty of it. It's all about focusing the power of your imagination and your intentions to create what, create what you want. And also to prevent what you don't want. You know, you're stealing yourself. You're, you're creating new thought patterns and, and letting go of old habits and things like that. And to transform and purify your mind, body, and spirit. So a lot like the episode we did not that long ago called Owning Your Magic, um, you're also doing ritual whether you realize it or not. So the more conscious and aware you can become of it, the more you will tap into and properly harness the power of it. So, um, yeah, in general, just think, put, put more thought, put more awareness into what it is you're doing on a daily basis. Uh, try new things, um, and add meaning to menial tasks and, and, uh, be amazed at how much power and, and transformation can actually come from something so small. It's like that butterfly effect that made this one little tweak, but over a long sustained amount of time can have massive implications later down the road. Right. Yeah. So if you guys want to join us for the weekly ritual of tuning into the podcast here, make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button and hit the little bell. So you'll get a notification. We upload a new episode every Friday. Um, you know, we have some very exciting content that we're, you know, been brainstorming and getting ready to come out with. So, you know, make sure that you stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. Always growing, always evolving. Um, yes, uh, do uh, visit our website, thewizardfactory.com. I've uh, got lots of good stuff on there that you can uh, access the wizard, or sorry, the initiation package from there, as well as the link down below. And again, uh, check out the link below about the um, our new room course. Uh, we really are putting a lot of uh, work into this, and I think it's going to be really good. And again, we're running this limited time only uh, offer from now until Christmas. So if you want to capitalize on that awesome deal with the markdown and the free, um, the free Phoenix package we're throwing in there totally free, just click that link and opt in and uh, get that pre-sale locked in and then we'll be releasing that product on Yule or Christmas, um, whichever, whichever one you're practicing. Um, so uh, thanks again for watching family. Uh, we really appreciate your support 
And until next time, be empowered, be inspired, and be encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. Thank you.